So today is about us and seed. But it's also about potential. Surprising potential, actually. It's not just the potential that we find in God, but the potential that He finds in you, which is extraordinary when we come to think of it in a moment. But I want you to listen to the voice of God. And I don't mean that in some pretty preacher's kind of way. I am the voice of God to you today. I don't mean it like that. Although we do. But that is an outcome. But I mean the voice of God where you find God speaking in inverted commas in the scripture. Because we're going to look at three different episodes from different time and place from the scripture. And in at least one of these, we hear God speaking from a cloud of glory to disciples who are no different to you and me. And the voice from the cloud says, This is my son, my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Now remember that when we're told to listen to Jesus, we are listening to the Word of God made flesh. This Word of God lies behind everything that we see and know. Because by His Word, the heavens were created. However you believe they developed, by the Word of God, the heavens and the universe. And by the Word of God, according to Hebrews, they are even now being by the Word of God that you come to know God, and it's by the Word of God incarnate that you come to be redeemed to God, and it's by the Word of God that you are found and built up into the people of God. So when you hear God speak, in the promise, in Scripture, listen to him. Because I've been shocked in the last few weeks how some of the things in inverted commas in the scriptures today are things I've looked at and heard <clears throat> but haven't listened to. So a moment to catch up with. Of course you won't remember my exact words but there are three things I want you to be challenged on. Well, I believe God wants us to be challenged on. Which world do you inhabit? The kingdom of mankind or the kingdom of God? Where have you built your home? Where do you lodge? Whose counsel do you listen to? The counsel of men or the counsel of God? Where do you place your confidence and your faith? Is it in human competence or is it in God's promise and presence? <clears throat> Those are the challenges which listening to God in, inverted, in his inverted commas, those are the challenges that 
verbal dis description, definition. Isn't digital technology fantastic? Is anything impossible with man, you might say? What an awesome creature God has made us. But look at God's response when all this ingenuity was used just for man's glory. And how God despaired of its potential because it was being wrongly used. Even used to give man glory when, when you consider it, we don't have anything that we didn't receive. God created us. God created the world around us. God created the laws of nature by which things operate, the things into which scientists look and tell, where they discover extraordinary and wonderful things which just blow our minds to show us how this universe operates. But nothing that we have is anything that we created. You can't create anything. All we do is observe, discover, learn and utilise. We harness all the potential that God has already put in this extraordinary universe we live in. So yes, there is genius in this. But it depends utterly upon the initial grace. Revelation, power, word of God that brought you these things into being. Glory to God that these things are possible. Glory to God for technical, technological revolutions. Glory to God for the digital world. Glory to God that we've discovered all these things which He created that we can now harness. Glory to God. But in Babylon it was glory to man and faith. And God said, I can't bear this. This is not why I made man. But just think of the potential, which is still there. And it's still there for God to use for his glory. Isn't that phenomenal? Wow. What can be achieved for you just through your human potential delivered to God? Handed over to him for his honor, his mind blowing. Let's have the second story. <coughs> Please. This brings us right away from there. Here's Jesus. All of this is in all of this is in speech marks. Jesus speech marks. find it in a chapter where other parables have already been spoken. This is a simile. The kingdom of heaven is like this. We've seen something of the kingdom of man and how we can abuse the potential of God's beings. But Jesus told them a parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so the birds become a perch. 
its purpose. Now you saw a picture earlier of a seed, a mustard seed. When you looked at that little mustard seed in the man's fingers, did you see it? A ten-foot tree. Or when you look at a conquer and you hold that conquer in your hand, do you see in it? that is 30 meters high with a trunk so big you can scarcely get your arms around it. Do you see in that conquer future generations of children throwing twigs up at these huge spreading branches to knock another thousand conquers down? Do you see it in that conquer? But that's the potential of that conquer. It's already in there. I think this creation thing is awesome. I get so excited about this, I'm like a little kid sometimes. How did you think of that, God? How do you do that? And then it falls into the ground, and how many years later? Standing under the spreading chestnut tree which I hold in my hand 20 years ago or whatever. Kingdom of Heaven is like that. It's a symphony. It's like a mustard seed in your hand. The Greek is interesting here. I like this Greek. I may have misunderstood this a bit, but you'll have to bear with me now. Because the Greek says it grows larger than all other vegetable plants into a bush, which by comparison is like a tree. And then it says the bird of birds of the air rest in it or nest in it. But the Greek doesn't say birds of the air. The Greek said the birds of heaven. Now then, I don't know whether that's just, just a saying. In the way we say birds of the air, they say birds of air, and it means exactly the same thing. But I like the connection here, that the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which when it is fully grown, the birds of heaven nest in. Literally from the Greek, make their habitation there, build their nest. I want to ask you, are you a bird of heaven? Which of these worlds do you make your nest in? This world of human potential, which is just that, and it is for our profit and glory and honour and personal advancement. a bird of heaven. Because look, the kingdom of heaven is like this. A little seed planted insignificantly into the field of the world. But when it grows up, the birds of heaven come out of the world 
you see the good news of Jesus spreading across China in places where it's forbidden today? Did you see the church growing in Africa or, or in Brazil as it is today? So that Brazil now sends missionaries to Europe. Did you see the church growing in India so that now from Misaram, they're sending out missionaries into Nepal and all the Asian nations around them. Did you see that? When we go to that little seed of Jesus falling into the ground, dying, that word of good news that was lodged in him, the awesome potential that is in the good news of Jesus cannot, cannot be described. But we see the evidence of it all around us if we just open our eyes and look. We've got a Polish evangelist here. Hi there. Did you see the gospel in Polish? We've got an Italian here. He's a bit of an evangelist. And did you see the gospel in modern Italian? We have a Romanian church meets out here. Did you see it? Worshiping God in Romania. The potential of this kingdom with such an insignificant, actually 
crucified beginning with seed pouring into the ground. It's amazing. Kingdom of God's like that seed. So that's the Should put verse 1 to 20 there, really. I won't read the whole of this passage, but I will remind you of it. There came a time as Jesus neared his own crucifixion. I just want to say one thing about that last parable. It follows other parables, one of which is the parable of the sower, if you remember. And uh, the parable of the sower introduces an element which is quite scary really as the kingdom seed is sown in some places the devil comes and snatches it away now then in Isaiah chapter 14 we read of the devil that he wanted to make himself like the most high and he was thrown out of heaven now that seems to me to be very much the same attitude that we found at the Tower of Abel. Let us reach into the heavens and be like God. So I want you to notice in passing that the kingdom of this world follows the design and ambition of Satan. It's similar. And there's a clash of dominions going on here. And so we come to this. It is the account of Jesus' transfiguration. Remember, he took three disciples, Peter, James, and John with him, up into a mountain. And he was transfigured before them. His face became shining with the strength of the sun. And his clothes were transformed and became, and became radiant and white as no full on earth could reach them. Disciples were astonished. Of course they never expected anything like this. And suddenly there appeared to them, well, two dead guys to tell the truth. Two dead guys. And one was Moses and one was Elijah. And they seemed to be very much alive, actually. And they were talking with Jesus, their master. They were talking about... <clears throat> How he was going to leave this world. About his departure. And it seemed to them that there's the law and the prophets and Jesus, whom they've acknowledged already, to, or Peter has, to be the Son of God, talking together about a departure none of them want to recognize or understand. It's a departure of death through crucifixion. But this, imagine, is an awesome experience for these three disciples. If something like this happened to you, how would you cope with it? Suddenly, there you are, out in the park with your kids, and suddenly, something like this occurs, and you're pinching yourself, and punching yourself, and looking around at the kids and the other people around you, and they can see it as well, and you're not mad, and you're not drunk, and this is real. What are you going to do about it? Now I know nothing about Peter's motives. 
wants to judge them. But isn't it interesting that Peter said, My Lord, it's good for us to be here with you. Did he know how to handle this experience? No. I know, Lord. Let's do something. Uh, let's make booths. I'll make, we'll make a booth for you, we'll make a booth for Moses, and we'll make a booth for Elijah, and we'll make a memorial to this. Let's do something. How else can I handle it? I want to do something. That's a very human reaction, isn't it? And that's when we hear this voice from the cloud, because a cloud overshows. And it has something of the Shekinah glory flowing out of it. And a voice speaks from heaven, this is my beloved son with whom I am pleased. And he's not speaking to Jesus. This voice of Almighty God is speaking to Peter. And say, this is my son. Listen to him. Don't do anything. Don't build any memorials. Unbelieving and perverse. 
healed. Now, who is he speaking to? Is he speaking to the scribes and Pharisees from the Is he speaking to the crowd who are just onlookers? Is he speaking to his disciples? <coughs> the potential of little faith in the incarnate word, the word of Almighty God, made flesh, the crucified and risen one. I wonder how the disciples reflected on that, because of your little faith. But if you'd had faith the size of mustard seed, Faith is a great mustard seed. 
that so I find this challenges me. And I can't look anybody in the eye and say, as a minister of Jesus, I say to you, unless you hear me say that, coming through the voice of personal contrition, as the same word speaks to me, You have phenomenal human potential. And many of you are using it in your daily life. For your businesses. For your patients. For your hospitals. For your students. For your families. You're using and harnessing the potential which God has given you. He's given us a far greater potential than Jesus. Through his Holy Spirit. Potential not just to educate or temporarily heal bodies or to create processes which will create jobs for many people and an income for us. He's given us the potential to change lives which are not healed to temporary but endure into a heavenly city. And for projects which can change and transform the world, not just with things, but in its moral and spiritual understanding of life, and in the very, the, the very culture of being amongst people and communities. And he's called us to it. The wonderful thing to is a, and this is very personal now, slightly, can we just have the last slide, just to remind us. Two nights ago, three nights ago, before I went to bed, I, I said that, Lord, do you know I have very wonderful dreams? I do, I have wonderful dreams. I enjoy my dreams. I get up in the night to go to the loo and then I go back to bed and put my head on the pillow and say, I hope I can carry on where we left off. <laughs> but two or three nights ago, I said, Lord, I do have one to do through a dream tonight. And I woke up in the morning having had a different from usual dream, still very graphic and very interesting. And I suddenly realised that it pointed me to a passage of scripture. And when I read that passage of scripture, that passage of scripture revealed to me. And it was not really what I wanted God to say to me. It's not what I had in mind when I prayed the prayer. But it's what God had in mind when he answered it. And I felt very humbled. Until I remember the scripture that says, Who he loves, he rebukes. Now I don't know whether this, this morning comes through to you as a clarion call, or a rebuke, or a piece of excitement. Yes, I've forgotten this at all. Give me back to this. But if there's a rebuke in it, it doesn't come from me. You understand? But the Lord rebukes those he loves. 
And however you receive this, if you hear the voice of God, you know that he loves you. The same love which was poured out of Calvary still speaks for The same voice which called out, Father, forgive me. They don't know what they do. Still speaks for me. The same Saviour now raised from the dead still stands in heaven as your advocate and your Saviour. And he loves you. And he has put enormous potential in you for his glory. 